Coming up on this episode, we begin with the ice cream of the future, what bread makes it a panini, and the thrill of buying a Windows laptop. Then we get into the week's tech news, including TikTok sale being on the clock and the virtual sports fan caught in the bubble. Stick around, it all starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 283, recorded August 3rd, 2020, titular.shape. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and you. I'm Sean Jennings, joined by two guys who are thrilled it's August so they can celebrate National Dippin' Dots Month. It's Colby Rabideau and Dan Miller. Hello, gentlemen. Good evening. Whoa, you can have an entire month for a branded product? Apparently you can. So this is, I didn't look at the source. I found this uh, on um, Wikipedia. I looked up things that August is known for. And according to uh, the University of Nebraska Lincoln in their August food calendar, it says it's, uh, I'm trying to track down the origin of, uh, of where that comes from, which doesn't make any sense because it wasn't founded in August. So I, I couldn't find any idea why it is. Hmm. Maybe someone's just messing with us, but remember Dippin' Dots? You know, I learned this about Dippin' Dots. You ever wonder why you can't buy Dippin' Dots at the store? <laughs> Every day. You know, it's something it's just you never put together. Dippin' Dots are um, require storage below negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit. So a standard freezer can't produce such extreme cooling hmm. temperatures to produce Dippin' Dots. Huh. How does that actually work? I'm assuming they use some sort of dry ice, liquid nitrogen type substance to manufacture them. They're patented. But, like, my understanding is things freeze and then they're solid. So what's the difference between, like, that kind of solid and the negative 40 Celsius solid? Like, I... You're asking hey, a I lot of questions. It's the ice cream of the future, out. Dan. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just putting it out to the universe. Maybe they like. Oh, it says here it's created by flash freezing ice cream mix and liquid nitrogen. There you go. So I, I guess if and then by the time it warms up to normal freezing temperatures, it's too soft and would not be Dippin' Dots. I suppose. I yeah. see. So it loses the, uh, it loses its dot. Yes. Titular dot shape. Yes. They would be, it would be dipping sludge. That's a, that'd be a weird website. Titular dot shape. <laughs> Titular dot shape. Uh, boy. Very dip nice. Dots. Yep. You know, I, I feel like I've had dipping dots one to two times in my life and I was underwhelmed. It's not, it's not, they actually went bankrupt a few years ago and then someone bought them and tried to that turn it around. Correct. Yeah, not yeah. impressive. I agree. Yeah, like it was sort of fun, but it wasn't as good as regular ice cream. Like it didn't taste like anything. No, it was definitely one of those, the marketing outsold it. Like the marketing for Dippin' Dots is great. You hear about it and you're like, I definitely want to try that. But I can't imagine oh. they got many like repeat customers. But maybe most gimmick things are that way. Now, yeah. you'll also be happy to know that August is also Children's Eye Health and Safety Month. Ooh. Uh, and it's also National Water Quality Month. Hey. So, and in terms of foods, it is National Panini Month. Paninis. Oh, that looks terrible. <laughs> Paninis are... <clears throat> I don't know. I, I've I never am dying for a panini. It's not just a particularly inherently delicious food form. What do you think? I think uh, paninis are. Colby, you like, sound like you're like dancing around same... like a controversial opinion. <laughs> like like you're you're like I don't want to offend anybody, but. <laughs> Well, I'm kind of forming the opinion as I go here. But, like, paninis and grilled cheese are the same thing, but grilled cheese is better. Like, like something, like, grilled on a griddle, like, with oil is better than anything you put in a panini press. Yeah, but I might challenge you on that because I think – and now I have to actually look up what the definition of a panini is. But, but to me, a, a standard grilled cheese on white bread is not a panini. 
a, it has to be on like an Italian bread for it to, or like a roll to really be a panini. I see. So you can't just throw two slices of sandwich bread in a panini maker and call it a panini. According to Wikipedia, um, examples of bread type for modern panini are baguette, ciabatta, focaccia, and michetta, which I don't know what that is, but, um, you know, that, that to me is more of a, what you're talking about is just a simple grilled sandwich. I mean, yeah, I guess that's true. All right. I'm, I'm willing to reconsider then. I guess that makes sense. I'm thinking now about like a Cuban sandwich, a Cubano. Is it, that's a that's a good ass sandwich. Also, yes. is probably a panini. Oh, uh, I agree with both of those statements. I want a I want a Cuban sandwich. God, like right now. Have you guys yeah. ever been to a hot table? No. Hot table. Hot, hot table. It's a fran- a new franchise restaurant. I don't hot know how many table. hot table as in a is it like hot warm pot, table, but for paninis. Is your entire table scalding hot? It yes yes you it's you, like the the uh, Korean barbecue place yes you panini you it right, right at your top. table so they give you mm-hmm. the raw sandwich and you panini it yourself on a hot grill um, no it's not that it's kind of like more like a sort of Subway uh, Jersey Mike's but for paninis but the the great thing about it is and I don't know what it, oh so they really are it's really is just mass in Connecticut um, they only have like seven locations I thought they were bigger. Um, but the trick is, and I, I've never, they use a specific type of bread that it comes in the, these like little round, like um, sort of like a curling puck, you know, like the big curling stone. It kind of looks like that. And then when they smush it in the grill, it makes the perfect panini bread I've ever had in my entire life. Is it like the size of a curling puck? No, it's not it quite just, that big, but, but it's that like, like, like style, that sort of shape. When you said that, I was thinking of the bread from that. Did you ever go to Rossi's Deli, Sean, the place in Poughkeepsie? Yeah, it's, with the, it's similar the giant to that. Round. It's similar yeah. to that. Yeah. And so it looks ridiculous when they're making it. But then after it comes out of the press, you're like, that's a perfect panini. And that's all I this see. restaurant does is paninis. Very huh. good. If you get a chance to go to Hot Table, I recommend it. All right. It, go to if one of their seven locations in Massachusetts <laughs> and Connecticut. Southern New England. Yeah, yes, the greater Springfield area. Um and check that out. So anyhow. I actually just made grilled cheese. Did I tell you what I like to do with a grilled cheese now? No. Pesto. Oh, that's a great idea. Pesto. Pesto or yeah. like a sun-dried tomato spread or something to give it give it a little extra flavor. Yeah, I think the key to grilled cheese is like you just have to like cook it on as low a heat as possible. Like you have to cook it as long as possible before the bread burns and then it'll be amazing. Yeah. It's not particularly hard to screw up and it's great. Cause you can make it a hundred different, a hundred different ways. Yeah. I once tried, this is a true story. I once made Kraft macaroni and cheese and put it between two slices of bread and tried to make grilled cheese out of it. Cause I'm like, you know, Oh, this is like the next evolution of grilled cheese. I was wildly wrong. I bet it would work if you did that and then put a slice of like American cheese on top of the the macaroni and cheese. I think if I made from scratch homemade mac and cheese, the issue is it was just too wet because, you know, that Kraft Uh, mac, it usually it's very not watery, but it's a very loose sauce. And so it just soaked right into the bread. I feel like with a more real thick cheese sauce. Yeah, you probably could get away with it. I wonder if you could, you know how with like barbecue with like pulled pork, they give you the pulled pork like on a slice of white bread. I wonder if it would be good if you serve your Kraft mac and cheese that way. Like so hmm. the cheese juice just like soaks into the bread. <laughs> you all need to open a restaurant. That's what I think. This does sound like <laughs> pop-up marketing for Kraft macaroni and cheese where it's like every dish has Kraft macaroni and cheese in it. Gross. <laughs> Kraft macaroni and cheese dipping dots. Yep, milkshakes. You know, we'll do it all. <laughs> that could work. Never know till you try. I don't hate it. Oh boy. Guys, it's August. What's going on? What's what's new with you two? <laughs> Nothing. I really just want a... some craft macaroni. <laughs> yeah, <so laughs> we're just making making you hungry. Uh, 
It's so I, long. <clears throat> I am thinking about getting a laptop, but I don't think I want a Mac laptop. Oh! Uh, so, and also, I'm I'm not seriously thinking about it. Did you know that for, I have a twenty late twenty thirteen? Ugh, 15-inch MacBook Pro. The new MacBook Pros, the new 13-inch MacBook Pros are not at or not even twice as fast as this. They're faster. They're not even twice as fast. So uh yeah. I yeah, would like if, a sub one thousand dollar laptop. Well, but Dan, if you just wait a suck. little bit longer. You can get a Mac because they're saying the MacBook Pros are going to be the first with the Apple Silicon in it. Yeah, I know, but here's the thing: uh, you, you don't want to try a, an untested, unproven, brand new technology as soon as it's released. I, Is that what I'm you're down, saying? I'm down for that, except I actually, first of all, I I need this. If I'm going to get one, I need to get it before mid September. So there's a time limit. Afterwards, it doesn't matter so much. But I'm not so convinced from my programmer's perspective that any of this Apple Silicon stuff is going to work well. Um, for example, the computers that are in the cloud, in the cloud, the cloud. that run all this stuff that we use and that programmers write software for are their x86 Intel-ish servers. Mm -hmm. So you need to have, you need to not necessarily have one of those, but you certainly need to be compiling to one of those. And if you're going to compile to it, then it'd be nice to be able to run the thing you just compiled. You can't really do on the new Mac stuff, as far as I can tell, unless you do it in a VM, which seems to be their best answer. But that has always sucked, and I haven't heard that it's any better. Uh, so... I would love, in a world where I'm not a software engineer more, or in a world where, like, there's some new technology that makes all this stuff way easier, which which maybe exists with, like, some of the stuff that GitHub and Microsoft have done where you can get your, like, development environment in the cloud, I would love to use uh, a MacBook. Uh, but in the world that we live in right now, it sounds like it would just make things, so it would make important things worse for me, but I agree, it sounds like it'll make a lot of things better. Well, so, I, I, look, nobody ever got in trouble. You know, they used to say the old line, no one ever got fired for buying an IVM. You know, no one ever regretted buying a Windows laptop. So you're <laughs> so you're you're going to do great. You're going to do great. C come along. How way. many how many times faster than your computer would the Apple Silicon laptop have to be for you to buy it? Good question. I think, like, it would be nice if it was four times faster, but then the, the other possibility is it's only twice as fast, but it lasts, like, as a 15-hour battery life. But then we're all at home anyway, so, like, what the hell am I going to do with, with a 15-hour battery life? Like, yeah. Um, I guess I keep my, I've kept this laptop for seven years, so maybe I need to be thinking longer, longer term. Or shorter. I mean, you know, a lot of people... You know, it happens to all of us where our relatives and friends who aren't tech savvy ask us tech questions. And I get asked all the time, what laptop should I buy? And it's like, how much you spend on a Windows laptop is exactly how long it's going to last you. And I can tell you to <laughs> the year, to the dollar amount, because it's really predictable. If you spend 600 bucks, you're going to maybe get two years out of it. You spend 1500 bucks, you're going to get six years out of it and everything in between. And it's very predictable. What you spend on a laptop is what you get, because there's so many options with Windows machines. I need to look. Did, were you one of those people who recommends the uh, the Surface laptops? I haven't. haven't um, you know, it's one of those things where I don't know anybody who owns them. My company gives them out to our our field sales reps because they're out on the road all the time, and they're fine. They're fine computers. I mean, again, I think it's what you're looking for. In general, I know. Um, I. Paul Therat, who's a big Windows uh, reporter, one of my favorite Twitter follows because he just clowns on everybody. It's very funny. Um, I know the Dell XPS is very highly reviewed. I know Lenovo stuff is really highly reviewed. HP is garbage. Asus is cheap. Um, who else makes Windows computers Yeah, these the days? Dell XPS is the one that keeps coming up. Yeah. And I, I have that as a work laptop right now. That's right oh. over here. 
Well, there you go. It's fine, except for the the nose cam, which I think they fixed. <laughs> are you familiar? Are, are you too familiar with this? Mm-hmm. You know what, Colby? Are you familiar with this? I think so. All right. I mean, you it's should tell us. Listening though. at home, the the you know the camera on all laptops, the webcam is on the top of the screen, but on the old Dell XPSs, it was on the bottom, which makes a big difference because that the angle there relative to where your face is, is, is much greater. So it's just yeah. looking straight up your nostrils the whole time. The, the, the like top of the screen is not the most flattering angle as it is. I can't, I can't, I just can't imagine what it's like at the bottom. Well, it's like, but honestly, that's what being on a FaceTime call with anybody is like, because you only hold the phone up for so long and it always ends up down in the lap and you're looking up at everyone's face. Unfortunately. Okay, so I'm here's I'm looking at the Surface. Uh, I'm comparing all the Surface computers. There's the Surface Book Three, the Surface Book Two. It's like okay, that makes sense. The Surface Go Two, the Surface Go. Yeah, those are the cheap ones. The Surface Pro X, Surface Pro Seven. Wasn't it in the like? Uh, those I don't the know. Surface Pro Fifth Gen. Okay. Oh, now I'm just getting over Surface Laptop Three. Okay. Well, yeah, those are the ones with the hardcore keyboards. The Surface Laptop 3? I think so. Oh, Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. That's the... No, that is an actual laptop. Because there was the actual laptop, and then there was the one where you could detach the screen. Ah, I see, I see, I see. Uh, But they might not make that one anymore. How much... You remember the the Surface Studio, the big, like, drafting board style thing? How much would you say one of those is? You can buy one right now. What does it start at? uh, Mike... Are we playing Prices Right Rules? Yes, just to make it interesting. Sure, I'm gonna say twenty two fifty. What about you, Colby? I think like thirty five hundred dollars. Colby technically loses by because he's over by one penny. <laughs> oh my gosh, ninety nine cents. But I think I'll give it to. Colby. I'm very glad I asked about those prices right rules. <laughs> I win the showcase. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. You should see how much because I I've been in the Microsoft store where they have the giant the giant surfaces like for offices and stuff, like like the seventy inch screen ones, which are very nice. But those I'm sure six, seven, eight grand. I mean, this yeah, the studio thing looks really cool. I don't think it's thirty five hundred dollars cool. No, no, (laughs) usually, but neither the Mac Pro isn't also you know. Now, Dan, don't you have like, oh, like, aren't you on a like Windows computer right now? Yes. Could you? Could you couldn't you try out Windows computing, like from I, that computer? That's what I'm going to do until mid-September, when I will no longer. Well, there'll be a period of time where I will not be here, and I was wondering if I could avoid bringing a desktop to where I'm going. Uh, but maybe that is unavoidable. But it would be nice to avoid it, but I don't know. It wouldn't be a thousand dollars nice. So, yeah. Interesting. Well, hey, look. If anyone out there has a an extra computer lying around, <laughs> you know, toss it over to my man Dan. I saw someone on on a, a local Facebook group posted an estate sale, and they had an old um, Macintosh, an old Mac Two, classic Mac. And it looked like it was all dirty and busted up, but I was like, oh, I should just buy it, but then I don't know what I would do with it. But Like a 1987 Mac 2? Or no, I'm sorry, a Macintosh. A Macintosh, sorry. From, like, an yeah. old one. Yeah, yeah, from Way the pre- 80s. Yeah. Pre-Steve Jobs. So, yeah. yeah. Or I guess, maybe, was Steve Jobs still there when this came out? No, he was still there for that. I think it was after, because it was the Lisa after that, and then he was gone. Um, but... Um, yeah, you'll have to let us know what, what ends up happening. I love Windows that, laptop that shop. Is almost de- it is definitely older than I am. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And this one was disgusting. It was all, like, dirty and smudged, and, you know, it was just, it was messed up looking. Um, sweet. Well, that's good. Anything else going on, guys? Or have we bantered enough? We haven't yet talked on the show about my ios 14 beta i've been on for a couple weeks oh i know i know well we've kind of uh, i've been messing with the schedule the last couple weeks so that's partly my fault shame on me for moving and having a life um 
<laughs> which I'll be doing again soon. Uh, yeah, so I've been on iOS 14 for a couple weeks now, and my overall review of it is it's not really that different from iOS 13. I'm not really blown away by it. There's really no, like, gangbusters feature that I've really been enjoying. Most of, like, the big marquee features sort of require other stuff that hasn't come out yet or requires third-party developers or, you know. The the widgets are fine, but the Apple built-in ones are kind of boring, and I've, you know, I'm bored with them. I want some third-party folks on there. The app library I never really use. Um, The CarPlay wallpapers I've used... I will say, I think for me, the most sort of overhyped, overexcited feature that didn't pan out for me was the um, not taking up the full screen gimmicks, both in terms of the call notifications, as well as the new Siri design, where it's just the little ball at the bottom instead of taking up the whole screen. I actually don't like them as much. And I know we were all really excited about it. But the thing is, I realized that when a call looks like every other notification, you sometimes miss calls or don't realize it's a call. Like, it's it's too subtle. Does it look exactly like a notification? No, it's a little bit bigger. But it's if you're used, because, like, I get a decent amount of notifications. So I'm, like, in Twitter or something. I'll just flick notifications away without really thinking. Mm. And when it comes down, you know, I wish. Now, I keep my phone on vibrate all the time. But my phone doesn't even vibrate when one of those notifications come in. Oh, which maybe it's looking only when you're looking at it. Right. right? When I'm actively using the phone. Yes. Otherwise, it's just a normal call and it takes up the whole screen like if it was locked. Mm. But it's no indication other than that pop down. And it takes me extra time to to like think and realize what it you know, it's not as like a call is the one time I kind of want to get interrupted. Um, Same with same with Siri, where it's like. I don't, sometimes I don't, I can't figure out if I've triggered her or not. It's not reliable enough because it doesn't take up the whole screen like that. It's just a little ball. I, I don't know. I, I, they're not bad. I just was like more excited about them than what ended up happening. Otherwise, it's fine. Fair. Does it work? Is it, um, does it crash and stuff? No, no, it's never crashed. Uh, the Bluetooth was a little flaky in the first beta version and then they updated it got you know stuff crashes a little bit more than it used to but i would say it's for a beta it's really stable i will say one feet one underrated feature i really like are the new airpod notifications so before when you would like connect your airpods or take them out or put them in it would like bloop, bloop, it would connect but it wouldn't really show anything on your screen now you get a little pop down that says they're connected and you get a notification when the battery level is low so a little thing will come down and it'll say nine percent It'll actually say the percentage on the phone, which is like, that's really useful. Small thing, but I really like it. Yeah. What I really want, it. that sounds nice. I I also want Siri to uh, tell me when I should charge my AirPods. Like, for example, a thing I would do all the time when I left my apartment was like, you know, Listen, I go to work, right? I'm listening to my AirPods on the train. I get to work. I go about my day. I, like, leave the office at the end of the day, put in my AirPods, and the battery's dead. It's like, yep. I think Siri should be smart enough that I go sit down. I get into work, take them out, and Siri's like, hey, bub, plug those bad boys in. Oh, you want a sassy Siri? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I would. I would. If Siri was competent, I would. I would accept her being rude. The 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 Jabra uh, wireless headset I bought. I love it because it. You know, when you connect it, it audibly says, "You know, battery level high." You know, it'll tell you when you turn it on. What I love is it goes, battery level high, medium. No, it goes. It goes full high, medium, below medium. <laughs> it won't say low until it's like real and then it will say like please charge but it says below medium so i'm like weird. why what an odd thing huh very misleading <laughs> that is kind of nice that it just tells you instead of like like having a bunch of weird beeps and boops that you eventually learn to decode over the course of three months. It's it's a weird thing where it like boops at 40%, but then doesn't boop again until like they're ready to die. It's so weird. And like the first time, the first six times you hear it, you have no idea what's happening. 
And literally, I think we talked about this on the show when I first got mine. I was like, I think they're like disconnecting or something. Like something's wrong with these. I think they're like broken. It's like, oh no, that's just the battery. <laughs> Classic Apple. Don't ex assume you know how to use their fancy new feature. Yep. <sighs> All right. Well, why don't we pivot on over to the news? We've got a few things here in the rundown. While you're deciding where we want to start, I want to, as always, to thank the folks joining us live right now over on Facebook at facebook.com slash don't panic show about 1015 Eastern Monday nights. You can join us there. Get in the chat. Michael Kurtz already commented, you know, I thought I haven't watched Don't Panic in a while. Let's see what's up. And now Sean's outfit is making me regret my decision. Uh, and that's fair. That's totally fair. And I replied to him, we will happily provide you a refund for every penny you paid for this. So... Uh, that's that's the least we could do for a fan. Um, and so, Michael and everyone else watching live, we appreciate it. Keep on commenting. We will uh, discuss it on the show when appropriate. Guys, what's story numero uno tonight? I think it's got to be the TikTok stuff. TikTok, you don't stop. Uh, yes. Let's talk about that. This story's been evolving aggressively over the last two weeks. Um, and we can sort of talk about where it is today. Uh, are you, you guys have TikTok accounts? Are you big TikTokers? I don't, I, I used to have the app. I never had an account. Mm -hmm. I've neither ticked nor talked. Yeah, I agree. I was just going to leave that one alone. I, the thing is I've watched TikToks on other platforms. Yeah, same. I've seen them in people's Instagram stories. Um, well, apparently it's very popular. Uh, and the big controversy around TikTok, it's owned by, ByteDance is the name of the company that actually owns it. Um, and ByteDance is owned by a uh, a Chinese multinational company. I believe. I'm just trying to track down the exact Something name. Something like it. that. Yes. Anyway, they're extremely close with the Chinese government. Um, and so uh, they... Uh, it says here, the company has an internal committee of the Chinese Communist Party, as well as strategic partnerships with Chinese Communist Party-supported ventures in Beijing and Shanghai. It's also financially backed by uh, groups with close um, ties to the Chinese government. Uh, that concerns people, like the U.S. government, for example, who've kind of gone back and forth on, on TikTok. We've seen stories where companies have told employees not to install it on their phones. It could be stealing data. Um, uh, earlier last week, President Trump uh, announced that the government was going to look into TikTok, potentially even looking at banning it from the U.S. Uh, TikTok said, whoa, hey, slow down. Uh, either we're going, they tried a lot of different things to placate the government. None seemed to work. So they basically said, hey, look, we're either going to sell to somebody or we're just going to shut it down in the U.S. because it just ain't worth it. Um, and so been chopped around to a number of companies. Microsoft is leading the charge uh, in a blog post on Sunday. Microsoft said it was prepared to continue discussions to explore purchase of TikTok in the United States. The president said he will hold off on banning the app or otherwise sanctioning the app uh, while Microsoft is negotiating with TikTok at this time. Uh, rumors place the value of TikTok somewhere in the 40 to $50 billion range. So can you explain to me what what is happening with the government and like the government demanding proceeds from <laughs> the sale go to the treasury or something? Did I make that yeah. part up? No, you didn't. So when it comes to the political side of TikTok, some of it makes sense where an, a massively globally popular app, partially owned, partially controlled by a, a ridiculously surveillance-heavy communist government. Um, you know, China has refused to divest in it um, up to this point. It's a fair thing for our government to be concerned about. We also have a president who has a history of uh, as being a quote-unquote dealmaker and a real estate guy. And in real estate, when you put a deal together, usually you get a cut of the action, right? I introduce Dan and Colby, who buy something, I get a little piece of the action. So he assumes if he sets up TikTok and Microsoft, the U.S. government should get a little piece of the action. Now, not only has that sure. never happened before, it may be unconstitutional. So I wouldn't get your hopes up for that actually happening. Hmm. Okay. 
that's the first I've heard of that. Yeah, that's yeah, new. There, that's there's like been the last so many twists and turns here that I. There aren't a lot of um, stories that I just can't keep up with, but I couldn't keep up with this one. Yeah, there's there's even been questions about uh, how the U.S. would even ban it in the U.S. Um, and if that's something even they could do. Um, it would probably be more yeah. of a financial limitation, sanctions and things like that. There really isn't a way to sort of outright block the app. Now, would if the U.S. said to like Apple, for example, like could could the U.S. compel Apple and Google to like not distribute TikTok via the the app in Play stores? Yeah. Yes, the, don't they have a, a provision in there that says that they uh, you can't distribute something that's illegal in the country? Well, so uh, from what I've read, the way they would most likely do this is using the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, which oversees mergers and investments involving non-U.S. company. Uh, the uh, CIFAS actually opened a national security investigation into TikTok last year, uh, and they can actually... Um, reject mergers and actually force companies uh, operating to some degree on U.S. soil to divest. They actually did a, a Chinese company uh, was going to purchase uh, the hookup app Grinder, and they actually nixed it on national security grounds for some reason. Don't know about that one. Um, but the council could make TikTok restructure in a way that further separates its U.S. presence from its Chinese one or even make ByteDance sell off uh, the Chinese company that um, that they're in in business with. They really couldn't ban the app. They could just mess with the company and the financials aspect of it. Hmm. I watched a TV show once where like that was, I wonder if it was a topical reference to that thing where some Chinese company was trying to buy Grindr. But like that was a plot point in the television show. Yep. It was like some company was trying, I think it was a comedy. Some company was trying to buy a dating app and like they didn't want it to happen. So, and they found out that some, I don't know, high ranking military official had a profile on the dating app. So they were like, that was, that was, that was the, had to shut it down. I can't remember what the show was. Yeah, definitely could be. Huh? Yeah, you bet. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, uh, there are other ways they could theoretically, force Apple and I and Google to take it off the app stores, um, sort of like what they did with Huawei uh, and ZTE, where they sort of forced U.S. companies to stop buying them over national security grounds. Um, but, you know, a number of ways they could do it. Doesn't seem like it would be particularly hard. Is it legal? I don't know. But the actual mechanics are in place to do so. Weird. Yeah, so very complex, running around. Again, you know, all of ByteDance is valued, from what I read, at about $140 billion. Um, they have other things that aren't um, TikTok. But TikTok would be about 40 to $50 billion, which seems like a lot of money. But also, I don't know how money works, so. It does seem like a lot. It would be fake money. It, you know, could be that famous Monopoly money. There's a lot of fake money out there these days. Very odd. Craziness. Very odd. But it is interesting. I mean, any thoughts to Microsoft specifically buying them and not... I mean, I, I would have to think that if a Facebook tried to buy them, the, the U.S. antitrust forces would... Or even the EU antitrust... Like, I don't think they would ever <laughs> let that happen. Facebook or Google, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I do think Microsoft is probably one of the few tech companies with enough money, maybe Amazon, uh, to to buy a $50 billion app like this. Yeah. I mean, that's, 50, that's, that's well, a little less. That's, that's like 35 YouTubes. Mm. 50 Instagrams. <laughs> Crazy when you think about it. I don't know. Yeah, this I never seems, even used the app. This seems like the kind of thing Microsoft would definitely run into the ground. I do not have faith in their ability to keep this, especially because it is it will continue to be tied to China to some degree. How so? Well, that's I mean that's where the app sort of began. I mean, it has a large user base there. 
You know, they're oh, going to have to yeah. deal with Chinese censorship and all the things that go along with it. I mean, of course, Microsoft already owns LinkedIn. Does um, it have a large user base there? I, I believe you. It's just never something I heard. Um, yeah, so uh, if I understand this correctly, TikTok began in China as a Chinese video sharing social site called uh, Douyin is I think how it's pronounced. What uh-huh. ByteDance did was they bought the app startup Musical.ly, if you remember this, um, which was kind of getting some traction back in 2017. And that was kind of the U.S. side, and they smashed Douyin and, and Musical.ly together to create TikTok. But did it ever have, like, a, a large Chinese user base? Um, let's see. Because it could be... Remember that old... The pre-Google Plus, pre uh, <laughs> the other one. What was the other Google social network? Wave? Buzz. 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 Uh, Buzz? Hell pre-Buzz yeah. Pre-Buzz Google social network that began with an O. And that was extremely popular in only Brazil, so they kept it around for a long time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. What was Is that? that? the name of it? <laughs> oh, no, I- Yeah. Akra, oh, Orchid. Orchid, yes! Wow, now we're going way back. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, ByteDance uh, has had other very successful apps in China other than um, TikTok. Like, well, like, their very first app had over 200 million users in 2017. So they've had other very successful that's why they're worth 140, but TikTok is only worth 50 billion of that. So, um, it says here, uh, ByteDance has had over 800 million daily active users across all of its content platforms. It's a lot of users. That's a few. Yeah, just a few, just a couple. Hmm. ByteDance. There you go, TikTok. Coming soon to a Windows computer near you. <laughs> or something like that. Uh, guys, what else is in here worth uh, chit-chatting about? Sean, have you watched any sports since sports have been happening? I'm glad you not. asked. I have watched all of the sports, and I have opinions. Um, I'm fascinated by stuff like this, uh, by broadcasting, by sports, by how you essentially do it in a pandemic. Uh, The reason we're talking about it here on the show is because there's interesting technology angles to it. Um, If you have watched any of these specifically around how they're involving fans and a couple different tacks, the NBA is using Microsoft Teams to bring basketball fans courtside. um, And what they'll actually do is they actually you sign in via Microsoft Teams and you actually show up on the giant LED boards that are around the court. Um, with a bunch of other fans, and you actually kind of cheer and watch the game in real time. Um, all via Microsoft. The virtual stands will include more than 300 fans sitting side by side with each other. Uh, the fans will be able to watch a live feed of the game within teams to cheer on uh, the basketball as it takes place. In uh, On the flip side, Fox Sports for MLB broadcasts uh, is using artificial crowd noise that's actually... Um, that's actually uh, fake fan noise from uh, Sony's MLB The Show video game. And they're also filling the stands with digitally rendered fans, which is crazy. There's a video here in this article that's kind of bonkers. Um, it's uh, They're using a bunch of different software, AR software, Epic's Unreal Engine, uh, to generate the fake fans. It looks very weird. Uh, but I do appreciate the ingenuity of, of, putting, it, uh, of putting it together. A lot of different technologies to make it work. Um, my very short opinions on the bubble sports is uh, NBA great. I think it's more fun. Uh, they did a good job of setting it up. It's 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 exciting. It's shot well. The digital stuff actually works. The ver- the crowd noise is pretty good. It feels like a real basketball game, even more exciting than a real basketball game. Uh, baseball is terrible. They've somehow t- made the most boring sport worse by having no crowds, which is one of the few interesting parts of baseball games. And for some reason, the crowd noise sounds so unbelievably fake in the MLB games. Like, the crowd is constantly cheering, and I'm like, this is a baseball game. Like, it's like a NASCAR right. race. You cheer when That's there's a crash. Like, there's nothing to crash. This is the Wendy's. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, come on. 
it 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 drives me nuts. Like it's the fakest. Like it literally makes the game worse. Uh, and um, what other sports have I watched? Hockey. Hockey's kind of break even. I think. I don't think it's better or worse. Um, you know, it's still pretty high high octane action. I think football is going to be interesting to watch whenever that comes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly because it's. The plays are so methodical that I think even without fans, there's still enough there to enjoy. It's just going to be, can they keep the pace up? I think if it slows down too much, it's going to be hard to watch. Um, If they can do like that sort of XFL style of just keeping the pace going, I think they can make it work. But the NBA has been great. I've been really enjoying it. Wait, question. I I read something on Twitter today that said that the, uh, the XFL had been bought by The Rock. Is this true? Yes, the XFL, uh, of course, famously uh, diagnosed and studied greatly over on Up for Debate. Uh, The XFL uh, was brought back by Vince McMahon, who promised to plow $250 million into it. I don't know how much he actually ended up spending. Uh, And The Rock, along with a group of private equity investors, just bought it for $15 million. The whole league. They were the only ones to bid. Mm So they got a deal. They should have bid less. Honestly, I mean, was it worth anything? I don't know. The interesting thing is most of the TV contracts that were signed were two-year agreements. So not only are you buying the league, you're buying the existing TV contracts, which do have a lot of value. Now, the issue is those networks Mm -hmm. want to renegotiate, so it'll be interesting to see what sort of their plans are to to bring it back potentially for, for next year. Interesting. I feel like football could be really weird because crowd night crowd noise in football is like not that it's not a component of anything, but it's like a big component of some football games. Like it like dramatic, like the crowd is the home crowd is like participating in the game in a way, right? Like there's the times when they're quiet when their team needs it to be quiet and there is the times when they want to be really rowdy, which is when the other team doesn't and like causes penalties and stuff. Well, and, and that's where you sort of, you know, you realize when, when these things are missing, how much they fill the dead time. And you don't realize how much dead time there is in some of these sports between downs, but during timeouts, things like that, where it's like, it's really boring. If the cameras have nothing to cut to, there's no sound. It just drags on and on, and that's why I think baseball is hurt especially hard, and, and I'm curious how football will respond to that and fill that dead air. When you look at something like the NBA, it's constant action. You know, there, there right. really is very few delays, and so I think it crafts itself more to a sport where you there's nothing else to distract you except the sport um, and this nice sort of virtual digital space they've they've put them in down in the Orlando bubble. And that's the other great thing about basketball, too, is because they're all playing in the bubble, they can schedule the games back to back to back with no delay between them because they're literally <laughs> like on courts right next to each other. So literally have like five games back to back on the same channel in the same day. It's fantastic. It's great. And they just they hustle right through the games. And it's like the second one game is over. They're literally like standing on the other court, like waiting, like, all right, they're done over there. Let's start playing over here. Like, it's great. It's great. <laughs> that's funny. Nonstop. I also have questions about the bubble. Yeah. Is this like, is this like, like being sequestered for a court case? Can you see your family or is there, are the families sequestered with the players? Nope. Nope. It is. It is the players, the coaches, certain select other personnel, uh, but no reporters. So how long are you sequestered for the season? Jesus. Now it's a shortened season. I think it's supposed to be done. God, I think if assuming again, your team may not right now, it's sort of regular season play in and then they'll do the playoffs. If your team makes it all the way to the finals, I think the longest you're in is through October. It's not like a massive time frame. The question is going to be is that the NBA specifically wants to start what the issue is what they do next season, right? The normal NBA season starts in like October, November. And so they're theoretically mm-hmm. talking about starting the next season in like November, December. And so you might end up going right back into the bubble. Weird. It's 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 tough. It's it's tough. I don't, and that's why some a lot of guys have opted out. Um, you know, they're certainly within their right to do so. Now, is that what like what is like 
like baseball is not doing a bubble, right? Correct. And, and, then, and that's why they're struggling with cases like they are. Right. And then is football going to do the. No, but what's interesting is hockey is doing bubbles. They, they have two bubbles. Yeah. Um, but no, football, football isn't. The, the issue is, I mean, if you really think about these sports, basketball is kind of easy because of, you know, they're just indoor courts. And so you can build a couple of them and make it work. It's kind of the same with hockey is if you have enough rinks nearby, you can make it work with football. It's like, how can you what city would you be able to run an entire football seat with 32 teams out of? And again, yeah. the interesting thing about hockey and basketball is they were very close to their playoffs. So they didn't even invite every team to these bubbles. It's right. only the top in each group and then a couple play-ins. Um, so they're able to fit in a bubble. For football and for baseball, they're just starting their seasons. So it's, it's an interesting sort of difference. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could do baseball in a place like, like you don't have to have crowds. Well, they like they do spring training, right? That's in, what they talked Florida about. Or they, whatever. they talked yeah. about Arizona specifically, which has a lot of. Yeah, right. I've um, been to spring, spring training in Arizona once. Yeah. And they, yeah. they discussed it. And the players, you know, to be honest, the players didn't seem very interested in it from what I read. Um, you know, again, the difference is, is they've got to play an 80 game season. You know, right. it's, it's not a couple months. It's a it's a long period of time to bubble those guys off. Yeah. Weird. Logistically, thinking about getting coronavirus and social distancing, it seems like baseball is like just with respect to like actually playing the sport, you spend the least like a baseball field is pretty socially distant. Well, that's with, with some like in time exceptions, but like football. They're like yeah. up in each other's business. The whole time. Well, and basketball, too. I mean, that's a that's yeah, a close right. contact sport. Yes. You know, and it's it's you know, I, I this isn't a big part of it. But it uh, to be honest, at least for me, it does affect my enjoyment when I'm watching the NBA. I'm like, at least I know these guys like they're not wearing masks, but they're safe, like they're tested and they're bubbled. And then when I watch like baseball or something else, I'm like, I feel like these guys shouldn't be doing this. Like, there's just something about it that feels kind of gross. Like, I probably shouldn't. This looks dangerous. You know, like evil Knievel on a bike or something. You're like, it's interesting. Probably shouldn't be encouraging this kind of behavior. Weird. I'm going to have to watch a baseball game now. I don't know how. I'm it's gonna... so boring. Honestly, and I hate baseball. And I've been readily. I've said my whole life baseball is boring. And I'm like, how do you make it more boring? And it's literally even the players don't look like they want to be there. Like, it's 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 really just sad. Yeah, it's. It's definitely weird. Yeah, I didn't I didn't care for it. But honestly, I will say I I have really enjoyed I found fascinating the sort of uh, digital aspects, uh, the tech aspects they've brought to it, whether it's the digital screens, whether it's the virtual fans, whether it's the different camera technologies. I, I just appreciate that they're going the extra mile to try something different. Um, and I think the NBA has done a really great job of that. With the, I, Now, I'm going to say. I'm going to try to get on one of those virtual screens. I'm going to try <laughs> to be one of the, because it's, uh, it's a sponsor. It's sponsored by Michelob ultra and it's, I'm going to go to it right now. Cause they say, you know, Oh, go to ultracourtside.com Um, and to si to get tickets is how they say, it. they say to get tickets. So, um, I'm going to see if I can get on maybe a Celtics game, um, and get some, get some camera time. That would be cool. Oh, you have to actually buy Michelob Ultra. I'm not doing that. Oh, you're entered for a chance to win a virtual seat. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Why not? Because uh, I'm not Michelob Ultra. That's like the the water of beers. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not buying that. <laughs> the original hard seltzer. Yeah, yeah, ex <laughs> exactly. Basically, yeah. Um, no, I can do that. But hey, if anyone else wants to try ultracourtside.com, see if you can get on, get on, get on the big screen. Um, alrighty. Well, we're just about at that time of the show where we check out some picks. Uh, each of us bring something we want to share with the world and chit chat about something we've been enjoying tech or not. Uh, and we've got some picks here in the rundown. We're going to start at the bottom and work our way up with, uh, at the bottom. with Koblerone. Colby, what are you, uh, what are you picking? Yeah, so I don't remember if I picked the app called Pixelmator in the past. I may have. I definitely used 
used it in the past. But it's like a Mac app, and it's like it's like a Photoshop esque program. Like it's like a photo editing program. And they have a new one called Pixelmator Pro that was slightly more expensive, um, but it works a little better. And it does it like it does all the things that I'm capable of doing in Photoshop, but it costs like 50 bucks or something. And it's like a one-time purchase. Um, and I do enough, like, you know, mostly work related. I do some like, ugh, I have to like stitch these screenshots together or something. Um, and it works like, it feels very familiar. Like I knew how to use Photoshop at one point in my life. Uh, you know, for better or worse. Um, so it feels very familiar to me as a person who used to know how to use Photoshop, um, but it is very affordable to me as a person who is not going to digital subscribe to any Adobe software right now. Um, so I don't know if you use a Mac and you like need an, uh, like some sort of like vaguely advanced image editing thing. It's worth a try. I've I've been using this for like I didn't just download it today. I've been using it for like months now, and I I've had it in my to do picks for ages. So it's pretty good. I can't remember how much it actually costs. Maybe it says on thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah, like expensive for an app, but also like not expensive. I am for... so over software subscriptions, oh especially God. Adobe. Yeah. It's ludicrous 40 bucks is a bargain for this software like just to pay it i probably pay 40 dollars a month i don't even know what i pay for adobe these days but that's probably about right i mean it's crazy what they rip you off for yeah it's like i honestly i don't even know like i swear to god they just like went in and copied photoshop at least like at the point not that they copied it like it looks different it looks like a mac app but like the menus are the same like the menu stuff is still in the place that i remember like there's like the you know the the i don't know like image menu and you like click into that and like you can change like the canvas size or the image size and like those things like the word the words are the same which is really helpful for me because i feel like i didn't i didn't have to learn to do a new thing which was not the case with like the old pixel meter it was like weird and it was a little more consumery um but it's it's been really nice that it was 40 bucks and I use it, you know, at least every week, a couple times a week, probably. So it's, awesome. it's just fine. Yes. You heard it from Colby. Just fine. Pixelmator Pro available from the Mac App Store. Uh, Dan, there's nothing in the rundown for you. I, I got nothing. You got nothing. Sorry. Not one. Well, Dan, I'll, let me pick. Let me pick something for you, if that's okay. Okay. Because I read this, sure. and I thought, I I thought you'd appreciate it? it. No, I'll even do all the talking. Uh, we talked about it first. <laughs> we've talked on the show before about Descript, right? Uh, the podcast editing software we were all excited about. Um, they just announced Descript Pro, and I thought you would appreciate the, uh, one of the new features. Um, is something called uh, what do they call it exactly? Uh Anyway, they they have they have a feature. I don't know if it's out yet or they're working on it. But basically, they're going to take all of the stuff you talk about and they're going to AI learn it and then you it will it can AI replicate your voice. So like I could type a sentence overdub um where you can, it's like, I they, they kind of say like, you're not going to write whole paragraphs and have it say like Colby, but to like change individual words and it, and the AI can replicate your voice. And so Dan's long dream of doing an episode of the show dubbed, yes. we, we can dub it with ourselves. Self dubbing. It says here, like, if you have a decent microphone and 10 minutes to record a training script, that's all you need. Now, I was listening to an episode of Roderick on the Line uh, earlier today, and they had a similar idea, but I thought they had a, a cool conceit on it. Uh, what if you gave a, you wrote a program that takes a transcript of a podcast and cuts it off at a random point? So then the transcript just stops. Mm -hmm. 
And then you gave those transcripts to people, had them read all the parts up until a point, and then it stops. And then they have to continue the conversation. Oh, that could be fun, a little bit of a prompt cool. there. And yeah. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, so I'm definitely getting uh, uh, Descript Pro at some point because I'm definitely trying this. So you, I may send you guys a script you have to read. Um, nice. And then we'll see what okay. fun we can have with that. So that's that's your sort of sub pick, Dan. I figured sounds like a lot of fun. figure you'd enjoy <laughs> that. We'll, we'll come up with some I, fun stuff. And now I feel like if this is possible, I feel like within like four years, we won't even have to record this show anymore. Like, no. we'll just like you know, paste in a link to our podcast rundown um, to like Descript Super Pro. I assume it'll be called at the time and then it'll just generate the show for us. Like we, there's enough, the, the don't panic corpus is like broad enough now that. Yeah. We kind of talk about the same shit over and over, you know, like even the banter part yeah. at the beginning, that's not tech news. Like that's pretty predictable. Right. Yeah. And then we just we just release it. I mean, to be honest, a completely AI generated podcast does sound like a funny idea. <laughs> yes. Is it sustainable long term? No, but very affordable. Yeah. Um, well, for my pick this week, it's sort of a slash pick uh, because I got two here, HBO Max and Peacock. I've been trying both. Both are the fancy new uh, streaming services on the block. Have you guys had a chance to try either so far? I had HBO, so I got like grandfathered into HBO Max. One day it was purple. I tried both. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I to be honest, the the only reason I tried Peacock is because as an Xfinity subscriber, I get it for free. Um, I get the sort of pro version for free. Um. And I think they're both fine. I mean, I think they both have their respective set of content. What I like about Peacock is I do like the channels, which I don't know if you guys have played around with those. It's very similar to like Pluto TV or those type of services where they just have like channels just playing stuff all the time, like around a theme, like maybe news and it's just 24-7 news. Or they'll have one where it's like a certain show and it just plays 24-7. Nice if you like to kind of browse around and just see what they're playing. Um Honestly, what just pisses me off is neither has a Roku app uh, at the moment. So I have to Chromecast them. And I hate Chromecast. It's very annoying to use. Ew. Uh, which bumps me out. But um, both have been both have been enjoyable. I've probably watched more on HBO Max. But I've been on an animation kick. And they just have a lot more animated content. So, I don't know. I'm enjoying both of them. I'm sure, like I said, Peacock's free for me. So, will I keep paying for HBO Max? I'm not. I'm not sure Hard Knocks is coming up for the NFL season, so I'll watch that on HBO. Now, did you all watch the um, the 30 Rock reunion thing? I have not. I really don't have any excitement or desire to do so, to be honest. I watched like 20 minutes of it, and then I turned it off and watched something else. Oh, I thought it was good, as long as you skip past all the commercials. Well, that was a, I was watching it live on TV, oh. so I, I, I couldn't skip past all the commercials. Um, I like I liked them like bantering in uh, on Zoom or whatever they were doing, but maybe I should go back try it again. I choose to remember the good times. Have either of you guys watched Superstore? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Not a while though. Okay. I'm just trying to think of fun recommendations of things to watch. Have either of you watched like a, a good like serious show lately? I don't I don't do serious shows, unfortunately. I'm like I'm these days I am exclusively reality or animation and I won't really do anything else. I see. Colby, you I'm only two episodes Colby, you have you watched Killing Eve? Yeah. Okay, right. I haven't watched season three yet, but I have watched the first two seasons. I haven't watched season three either. Uh, so that was going to be my first recommendation. Uh, I am watching this show called Counterpart, which reminds me a lot of the show Continuum. It's just kind of, it's serious, but it's like kind of campy sci-fi stuff. Uh, mm. But it has what's his name in it. Uh, oh, that guy from Whiplash. The oh, guy J.K. Simmons. There you go. Yeah, that guy. J. Jonah Jameson from the Spider-Man movies. <laughs> Probably my favorite role of his. 
that that's on Prime. That's on Prime. It's it's entertaining. It's I'm interested. I want to watch the next episode. Cool. I have watched some uh um fuck Doctor Who. I started watching Doctor Who. I got to the second doctor, the doctor that you recognize as the doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the good doctor. Mm-hmm. That that's fun. I wouldn't describe that as a serious show though. No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> Okay, well, some good picks all around. Gentlemen, anything else you'd like to say or do before we conclude this fine Monday evening? Uh, no, I'll talk to you all next week. I can't wait for next week. It's all been it's all been said. Well, while you're waiting for next week, Dan, we have some exciting rising from the grave game nights. New episode on the feed. Say what? I can't believe we stopped doing it. We were getting really good at it. I listened. I listened to the episode yesterday. Like it's a yeah, it's we're good. We're great. It's we like, have fans. Legit. Yeah. And people are still finding the show. That episode we dropped was taped March 2019. Yeah, <laughs> like more than a year. And I ago. still have two episodes in the can mm-hmm. we haven't released yet. So how do we have so many? Well, because we we did two tapings that March, and then I was, and then like because we hadn't done it for so long after, I just never got around to releasing them. So um, that that's on me. So I'm gonna try and get them out eventually. But yes, we we do have to get back to it. But it's you're right, Colby. It's a good episode, um, and I need to listen to it because I do not remember anything that happened in it. I didn't even listen to it by the way when I published it. I literally just threw it in there, threw the little intro, and I'm like, just publish the damn thing. Well, that that was it. I'm sure like the you know i listen on overcast with smart speed on mm. so i'm sure that helps but like it was fine like i we've i thought it was better fine. we've gotten yeah. a lot better than the early episodes where we would like look up in the book like how to do something and we'd take forever um yeah we we, we have done a better job right yeah so folks should check I'm that gonna, out i'm gonna have to dig up my dm notes and see if i can remember what the fuck was that. i know I know you've got a lot of. Hey, look! You can listen to all thirty existing episodes to of of this particular adventure to catch up. Um, yeah. A lot of content. Gamenights TV. Uh, and I I finally messaged with Matt. Up for debate is eventually coming back. I think next week or this week. I think we're going to be back. Um, and not only are we wrapping up Rocky, but we're already planning. We're going to do some coronavirus themed episodes, talking about uh, coronavirus sports among other things. And we're planning the fall book club as well as coming up. Um, I've been reading a lot of books. Matt's been reading a lot of books. That's going to be fun. And don't forget Sean Tember now only one month away. And, and fingers crossed, maybe one or both of these don't panic. Co-hosts may join Sean Tember. We'll see. (laughs) I think that would be great. Sean gets to decide. And Sean does decide. Uh, (laughs) And I've already got some, I've already got maybe a bracket challenge, maybe a little something Uh. fun, considering how bad we bungled our last, all of them. Um, (laughs) coming up so up for debate.tv is the site there check it. and we just released a rewind episode this week um one of my personal favorites we talked about the official things of the united states yeah that i i listened to that too also excellent i'm really like i am plowing through podcasts right now at this point in my life so so any extra content you can offer is great good i'm happy to shove it at you man let's let's do it i i think i think i gotta convince you to set up uh what was the app where it would like play old episodes each week in your feed a rewind rewind i gotta get you an up for debate rewind and then you can do the whole series over again from (laughs) from the beginning from episode one way back when so I've, I've been listening since quarantine started. I've been listening to one Roderick on the line every day. And I've been doing that for four months and I'm on track to be caught up by like August now. Like <laughs> brutal. It's been like 120 episodes. <laughs> brutal. I've had to start de- I've had to start unsubscribing from shows, to be honest. I can't I can't keep up. See, I I was in that position like in the winter, but then. A, this happened, so I'm more like I'm like less in the office in meetings, like doing whatever, and more just sitting by myself doing work. And also, like all the high production value shows have just like disappeared into right. the ether. 
Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I've had to trim my Patreon bill because I'm always the sucker who's <laughs> like, oh, bonus episodes. It's like $5 a month. That's fine. And then when it's like six shows, you're like, holy cow, this is expensive. <laughs> yep. No more. Uh, <laughs> anyway. As we get off topic, uh, our website, Dompack.io, it's great. Colby keeps adding new features all the time. It's incredible. Um, I didn't add any this week. I'm well, sorry. Don't tell, don't tell them. That. They don't know. <laughs> Fine. See if you can find the secret new feature Colby added this past week. Uh, but you got to go to Dompack.io to check it out. The pics are going to be there. Uh, along with all the episodes, of course, you can subscribe wherever you get podcasts with the video version on YouTube as well. And, of course, you can get in contact with us at Show on Twitter, email Show at gmail.com. We're going to wrap it up here, but we're going to have some great stuff for you next week. So make sure you come back on behalf of Colby and Dan. I'm Sean. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time for another Don't Panic. This has been a coffee and beer production. Executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.